I still feel like most people don't even know what Web3 is. Oh, 100%. I, I certainly wouldn't tell my parents that I work in Web3. They'd be like, uh, huh? forget it. They still don't even know what design is. So They're like, how many blockchains? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the DDT podcast. DDT stands for Decentralized Design Thinking. In this podcast, we're going to look at Web3 happenings around the world. And we're going to explore these topics from a design perspective. DDT is all about bringing a creative point of view on the way Web3 is shaping identity, ownership, and collaboration. We get that Web3 can be intimidating. It's our mission to break down the confusion and empower everyone to join the Web3 conversation. I'm Jason Goodman. And I'm Tasia Bean. This podcast is a production of Spark and Mint. Spark and Mint is a creative capital Web3 research, design, and marketing studio. We invest and partner with ambitious ventures who are building the products and projects that are disrupting and advancing industry. To learn more, check out our website at sparkandmint.com. None of the following is investment, tax, legal, or business advice. For a list of Spark and Mint's venture partners, please visit our website, sparkandmint.com slash venture dash partners. Hi, everyone. It's uh, great to be back and great to have you with us. We're back. Episode two. We made it. Apparently, you guys actually want to listen to us talk. So that's really exciting for us. Um, but thank you news. so much. Yeah. Now, I'm really excited. And I was going to tell you that... Uh, just taking a look at who we're saying hello to around the world. We definitely got a, a big Canadian cohort of listeners, so that's nice to see. We have some friends in the United States that we're saying hello to, but here's the good news, Tej. We have this this international podcast that we're trying to get going. We got some listeners in India. We have some friends in Costa Rica, New Zealand, Singapore, Slovenia, and Nigeria. Oh, and wild. Uh, that's nice. a nice segue to uh, what we're going to be talking about today, which is Nigeria. Amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. Admittedly, I think this is a great opportunity to learn more about places that, you know, we don't traditionally hear a lot of news about or, yeah. you know, know about in general. So um, I'm excited for this. Or couldn't travel to because of a global pandemic. True. Also true. No one's been anywhere. No one has been anywhere. For a little while. There's Actually, probably some new countries that emerged that we didn't even know about. Right. They formed during the pandemic <laughs> and right. now we have no idea um, who they are. So welcome, Country X, wherever you are. We know you're listening. <laughs> We're coming to you next. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about this month in Web3 before we get into Nigeria specifically. Let's do it. So I guess it's kind of hard not to talk about the merge. The merger. It's like the purge, but a lot less violent. <laughs> Well, actually, technically, we are purging. We're we're purging some of the uh, negative environmental impacts that um, you know mining Look crypto has. Look at you! Look at See me how just you did that? with the facts. <laughs> so it is a bit of a purge and a good one, actually. It looks like. Yeah, it just happened, and not a lot of fanfare around the uh, the big hyped event. There were, really? were wasn't any balloons. I didn't, uh, you know, there was a lot of, of I was just t looking at the price of ETH. It went down a little bit. Yeah, just not, you know, in general, the market, market's response to the ETH merge was, 
Good for you. Good for you. Golf clap and, you know, well, back why to watching we, football. Yeah. Why don't we give people a little bit of a, an update on what actually happened and its implications for everybody? So let's break this down. Proof of work, little. proof of stake. Proof of Go. work and proof of stake. So essentially what happened here is, I don't know if some people know this, some people might not, but traditionally you know, mining crypto is not an environmentally friendly practice. Um, a lot of people have been pretty up in arms about that as we've been moving towards, you know, a lot more Web3 transactional models in our businesses. Um, there's been a lot of people kind of standing up to say, well, we want to look for chains that are actually caring about the environment and we're going to be reducing that footprint um, on the whole. So that was what ETH committed to. Um, they have a new model of how they uh, reward people for mining crypto, and it's just uh, kind of disbanding how much energy is used to actually mine crypto in general. So this literally has zero impact on anyone who has built on ETH, has a product on ETH, um, other than the fact that by using this chain, they're going to be, you know, improving their ecological footprint, as far as I understand. Is that right, Jason? Yeah, and it's, it's not, you know, Ethereum's not doing anything new. In fact, they're just catching up to what a lot of other blockchains have already done. So right. Cardano, Avalanche, Polkadot, Solana, yeah. they're already a proof-of-stake uh, model, which is why a lot of people, for, for example, in the NFT community are doing a lot of things on Solana. It's less expensive. They're trending towards very, very low gas fees. And uh, not as big of an environmental impact. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing for uh, the Web3 world that ETH is moving in this direction. Um, but I think, you know, in general, you know, I think the market's response to it is just, okay, this was a something that needed to be done. It's almost like, you know, you did an upgrade and an update to something that needed to be updated and carry on, right? It's, it's right. not like, whereas the hype of it was, left the impression, I think, for a lot of people who are maybe maybe even new to Web3 and hearing about this news, they might have thought this was going to be like a big market event where, uh, you know, you get in on the ground floor kind of thing and like your your ETH is going to double in value. And that just didn't happen. And I know that we had, uh, we had a side conversation around some of the, I guess, socio-political economic impacts on like stakers and what this means. Like what is proof of stake really all about and the economics about it. And I was admittedly naive and still kind of like not really sure about my opinions. And I don't have enough knowledge, I guess, to have some opinions on this. But I know you had some really good questions about how that system's going to work. And is it a decentralized system? And like, is it going to be more like more advantageous for certain parties over the over, over others? Um, so yeah, I think that's a, it's a really, there are lots of interesting questions around proof of stake in general. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting topic. I know ultimately like, yeah, proof of stake has a lot of benefits. You know, the more you do, the more benefit you have, the more you're rewarded. But I guess my, some of my questions were like, what are the potential downsides of that? There has to be pros and cons to everything. So if you're interested in checking out our little bit of a side rant on that, we're going to be posting that um, as some bonus content. And we'd love to hear if somebody actually does have some solid you know, understanding that they want to contribute. It's all going to be for our knowledge anyways, because we are not experts. But um, yeah, we're going to post that as like a little bit of a side piece. So uh, let us know if you have something you want to add. You can bring it up next time. 
Okay, so one of the things that happened this month in Web3 was that Starbucks made an announcement about their new Odyssey Web3 program okay. or experience. So, you know, like a lot of things, I mean, just very quickly, I think like a lot of things when it comes to, you know, very large corporations that are trying to dip their toes in the Web3 world. Um, and I think, Tage, like we were talking about this, you know, the other day over breakfast, a little bit of like how there's going to be a huge opportunity for companies to really like support these corporations who they want to enter the game, but they don't know how. I think I think Starbucks is doing the right thing in terms of experimenting. Um, you know, I think this idea of like stamps and points and redemptions, like really, it's taking a lot of the, um, they're playing with the the mechanics of Web3 but they're not really doing anything new at all, as far as I could tell. Like, it's really just like, hey, we're going to revamp our existing point system. And instead of it being in the app, it's going to use NFTs and stamps and points. But at the end of the day, I didn't really hear anything new. Did you? Mm, no, I'm still kind of struggling to understand, A, how people are going to be enticed to want to participate in this, I mean, all the Starbucks goers that I know are pretty tied to their app already, their points reward system. I think they actually had a, a really great reward system before. So I think what I would be interested to know is most of their demographic probably isn't, you know, as familiar with the benefits of this type of system. Do they get to keep the old system? Like, I actually have not a lot of clear understanding on how they're going to you know, entice people to use this alternate method and what the benefit yeah. even is. Um, so that I seem to be unsure about. But what got me is that they'll be providing uh, immersive coffee experiences, which I hope all of my experiences with coffee are immersive. It is quite immersive. I mean, what kind of got me and I think it's kind of laughable is like, it's like we have this new Web3 Odyssey stamp. What is more like granny grandpa than your stamp collection, you know? And like, it's just a bit of a weird uh, archetype for them to play with. Like, oh, it's going to be these collectible stamps. Okay. And then if you get a bunch of stamps, you're going to get all these points. Okay. It, eventually, do I get to redeem these points for coffee? Because that's all I really came here for. Uh, so I don't know. I think I, I wish them luck. I just think that like out of the gate in terms of like getting people to sign on, sign up for the wait list, uh, Odyssey sounds very ambitious to go on an Odyssey is a pretty serious thing. Right. And I understand that stamps and Odyssey, like, you know, there's some hints there about like going around the world. So there could be some really cool ideas on the creative table that I'm hoping that they execute. But right now it just feels like, uh, you know, collect, get the points. What are you going to redeem the points for? You know, you know what I think? A package this is of actually, peanut butter. You know what I think this is going to be? Um, that was so rude. Sorry. <laughs> Jason, don't ruin our potential future sponsorships because if I could have a Starbucks Americano sponsored to me every mm. time we do this and you ruin that for us. I'm sorry. No. So basically what I actually think could be cool about this. So Starbucks has a whole collectibles merchandise line basically so they've had a couple different types of this model over the years i remember in the early 2000s they had the starbucks bears do you remember the starbucks bears i do remember those they were bears. like these little stuffed bears and they had them for different seasons and they had little outfits and they were super cute and people collected them and i remember when i was a kid like i always wanted to get the next one hmm. um i was just like on beanie a babies like beanie babies exactly so i was on a trip with some friends last week 
And we were in a Starbucks in the airport and they had these coffee mugs that had, you know, different places in the world on them. Um, And one of my girlfriends, she was saying she wanted to get one for her mom because her mom collects them. And every time they go to a new place in the world, they collect the mug that has that, you know, place in the world on it. So I get that this could be sort of a a Web3 version of how you could collect merchandise with Starbucks because there is a cult following of people who do that. And there is a Starbucks in a lot of different places. (laughs) Is that the (laughs) takeaway from this? I'm like, we literally, it's like saying Well, maybe they want you to go on this odyssey of like, There are a lot of McDonald's on the planet. That's basically what you just said. There are a lot of Starbucks everywhere. Yeah, maybe that's Um, the odyssey. It's like to actually visit every single one of them. Well, that's what I'm kind of thinking. And if you do, it unlocks the mega... The mega Starbucks NFT. That's right. Um, so that's kind of what I was thinking is like, here's a, a Web3 opportunity for people to collect, you know, elite merchandise. And uh, it's just going to be a bit of a different persona for that. Well, they did talk. I mean, in fair, again, I was being a little bit rude. But I think in fairness to Starbucks, it looks like, you know, in collecting these points, they are actually looking at creating unique experiences. So there, there is this idea of like doing a trip to... Uh, Costa Rica to visit a coffee farm or something like that. So, you know, it looks like they have some interesting plans. I'm I'm just a little bit unsure. Like, I think I think the bigger problem is how are we going to get a lot of, uh, you know, I think onboarding people to Web3 in general is still the problem. So, right. Well, that's what I mean. Like, how are we going to transfer this huge is, group of people from this reward system to the right. new system? Is it the killer app, right? And that's what people keep thinking about and talking about is like, what's the killer app that's going to get everyone to do it? This is this is enticing, right? But is it enticing enough for and people to feel like they're sort of being forced to do it? Exactly. Or, yeah. Like, is it is it closing some of the barriers that people have to onboarding to Web three in general? Yeah, because uh, technically, if they wanted to have these experiences that people, you know, that people were going to go to, they could, for all intents and purposes, use the existing app they have. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, I mean, good on you, Starbucks, for trying. We'll kind of see how this pans out. Actually, you know what? We should try it. We should. We should. We should. We'll, we'll try it and we'll give you guys our feedback um, because if it sucks, then, you know, why have to go through the, the pain of trying and hating? Well, we, all we could really do right now is sign up for the wait list. Oh, yeah. So let's do that now before we're like too, too you know, in the back of the line. Before we lose interest. Although, <laughs> although they're going to be like, you know, if you hear anything from those Spark and Mint fellas, just if block we, them. Yeah, exactly. Um, that Jason's so rude. But you know what? Yeah, good, good on them for trying. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So both of the articles that we talked about today are linked in the show notes. You can take a deep dive on your own. And as always, feel free to comment uh, to us if you guys have any feedback on anything that we talked about. We always love to learn. All right. So if you're interested in getting uh, a, a weekly dose of Web3 news, you can always go to sparkandmint.com, sign up for our newsletter. And uh, every Monday we drop uh, this week in Web3 news uh, in our newsletter. So uh, yeah, check that out if you're interested. Nigeria. You'll find it on Africa's west coast in the crook of the Gulf of Guinea off the Atlantic Ocean. Bordered by Benin, Niger, Chad, and Cameroon, Nigeria is home to about 206 million people. Its largest city, Lagos, wrestles for the title of most populous city in Africa with Kinshasa DRC. 
Nigeria is home to an abundance of natural resources, especially natural gas and petroleum, which means the oil industry accounts for 70% of the Nigerian government's revenue and 95% of foreign exchange income. And that makes it Africa's largest oil producer. When it comes to tech, you may think Nigeria is best known for the Nigerian prince who promises in an email to share a huge fortune if you'll only send your account information. Spoiler alert, it's a scam. But in reality, Nigeria is home to a huge technical hub, not to mention its creative community that is known for its sense of humor, adaptability, and optimism. And when it comes to emerging crypto markets, Nigeria is leading the pack. Nigerians are known as the most crypto-curious. The country is number one for typing the terms Bitcoin and crypto into a Google search bar. And it's estimated 62,000 people who call Nigeria home own at least one form of cryptocurrency. And they trade it at a very high rate compared to other countries. 51% of adults who participate in crypto markets trade crypto once a month. If we zoom out to the rest of Africa, many of the world's top crypto companies have their eyes on the continent. Ethereum, Cardano, Celo, and Solano have all set up African-focused initiatives to try and attract Africans into adopting their currency over another. In total, the entire continent's crypto market value increased by more than 1,200% between June 2020 and July 2021. The rapid adoption of crypto and Web3 hasn't gone unnoticed, and it's not always welcomed. In 2021, crypto was banned, either explicitly or implicitly, in almost half of the countries on the African continent, including in Nigeria. The Nigerian government later announced a pilot scheme for a new government-controlled digital currency hoping to steer citizens away from using unregulated crypto. But that won't stop Nigeria from continuing to compete in the Web3 universe. So let's dig into this African country where people trade cryptocurrency faster than anywhere else in the world. So this episode, we're talking about Nigeria. And you know we talked about this last time, Tej, when we did our episode on Switzerland. One of the things that I thought was a little bit missing, and I think you felt too, was we didn't really spend enough time talking to people on the ground. And that's an intention that we have. So uh, I know for for me, I know we've kind of split roles a little bit in prepping for this podcast. And one of the things that I got a chance to do was talk to a few designers um, from some of the companies that we explored in our report and also talked to someone this morning that's uh, working at a very similar agency to Spark and Mint, actually. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, so I got some some sort of more human perspectives on things. So I'll try and share that a little bit in our chat. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about this particular region. Lots going on there. Yeah, I was actually quite surprised how much, you know, activity and forward thinking initiatives are happening um, in Nigeria right now. Because, I mean, I know from, you know, our experience in Canada and the US, there isn't, you know, as much um, adoption at uh, sort of, I mean, clearly not a government scale on the Nigeria side, but, you know, welcoming these initiatives for businesses. And, you know, I just feel like there's a lot of opportunity for us to catch up. And it just seemed like Nigeria was kind of ahead of the, the curve there with um, some of these different things that they're working through. So I thought that was actually really interesting. Yeah, they're moti- they're motivated to do something, right? So there's a lot of places in the world that are frankly not, you know, not thriving like the United States of America and Canada. And, um, you know, I think what's really, really interesting, and I think one of the key pieces of news that we uncovered when we were looking at Nigeria was uh, the, the emergence of this, uh, you know, digital free zone. Mm-hmm. 
was it digital virtual free virtual zones free yeah zone, right so they're yeah. called virtual free zones um and they're doing it with exchanges like binance so entities like binance are looking at these uh, other places in the world uh so like dubai and we even saw that like one potentially that's on the horizon is the philippines that you know there there are places that are a little bit maybe potentially looser in regulation a little bit more open to creating and experimenting with crypto and crypto you know uh, economics and policies and stuff like that. And uh, Nigeria is like a very tech forward location and place and their community has already been like actively engaged in Web3. So it's kind of a perfect kind of a perfect match. And uh, I'm hope I mean, I'm hoping it's going to be great for them. I'm hoping it's going to bring lots of new businesses to set up uh, offices there virtual offices. Um, and I know you and I were a little confused about what this virtual free zone is. So maybe we can try and like, you know, talk about what that is based on what we know. We might be completely wrong, but uh, we're very comfortable being wrong on this podcast. So, like, maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, what I was researching yesterday, because I, I wasn't totally sure what a virtual free zone was, it looks like an opportunity for you to open a business. Mm-hmm. In another country yep. without being a resident or having a physical office there. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of virtual component. Um, but also allows you to have certain benefits and uh, tax benefits to doing business in this virtual free zone in that country. So as an example, someone from Canada or Dubai or anywhere could set up a business in Dubai virtually conduct business using crypto. They're subject to, you know, benefits in terms of regulation and taxation. Right. And it also promotes business in the region as well. Um, which Does I think, some money, tr- like some money trickle into the Nigerian region, I hope? like Well, the, I like, mean, through the taxation, absolutely. Right. It's, it's a way to attract business internationally without the barriers of traditionally setting up an office or a business in, in, a, in a place, right? Right. So naturally, through the taxation that they're going to allow or that the taxation um, restrictions and benefits that they're going to put in place for these businesses, obviously, that would trickle back into the economy there and kind of boost industry, but in a virtual way, which I actually find quite interesting because, you know, how many people do you know that would want to do business in these new emerging tech communities? Probably a lot. So to me, I think that's a very creative way to welcome international business and also boost your economy. Totally. Um, so that sounded so cool to me. And I think it's a great way to, you know, problem solve as well. Because if you're going to be hiring internationally, um, that all benefits, you know, if your business is based in Nigeria and you hire internationally and you, you know, make money on your business and you pay right. tax in Nigeria, then that is all extremely beneficial. Um, and it also is beneficial to the business because there's benefit to them too. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And I think, I think in general, it just speaks to, you know, I, I think we heard from our producer Avery when she was reading out the description of what's happening in Nigeria right now, like, you know, it, it is a very crypto friendly place. So it's nice to see that there's experiments happening, quite frankly. Like, you know, and I think there is going to be, uh, I think, a lot of benefits to a lot of these countries experimenting with things and sort of like kind of paving the way for, you know, and sort of solving some very complicated uh, logistical challenges and geographical challenges. Um, and then us, you know, sort of 
passively, unfortunately, maybe, but like passively, we're kind of all watching and seeing what's going to happen and and learning from it. So I think it's good for crypto. It's good for uh, Web3 adoption. And uh, and hopefully uh, it'll be good for Nigeria. Yeah, it sounds uh, sounds really cool. And I know you mentioned that Dubai kind of did something similar as well. I think they were the first. We haven't had a chance to. I'm sure we're gonna at some point uh, deep go dive. Uh, deep dive and hopefully go to Dubai. But one of the things that did come up in the research was that Philippines is is another area where I think Binance is actually in in talks with the Philippines about doing a very similar thing. That's great for the virtual free zones. Super cool. Yeah. Um, so one of the cool things uh, we had a chance to talk to a couple of different designers trying to get a pulse on what's the vibe in terms of getting a job in design in Web3 in Nigeria right now. And what was interesting was uh, the perception of a lot of um, designers in Web3 at the moment in Nigeria was that it's still kind of like, it was still, it's still sort of seen in Web3 and crypto is still sort of seen in this like investment perspective where it's like, you know, oh, it's for, you know, people who maybe want to like, you know, make a dollar and the day trading and all that kind of stuff and flipping NFTs. Um, so they were still, they were actually, even though there's a lot of activity in that area and there's a lot of, um, they have the e-nera, which is like, you know, the government issued digital like uh, currency, which is something that we'll talk about a little bit. So even though there's a lot of forward thinking and activity, I think there was still some hesitation from, in terms of like, getting a job and like taking it seriously in terms of like a career opportunity. Um, but what was really cool was that a couple of the designers we spoke to, they see the opportunity, they are starting to not just see the opportunity, but there's a lot of social impact stuff. That's actually the, the, you know, the thing that's pushing them into it. So it's nothing to do with investment. It's everything to do with social impact. So one company was, you know, looking at home ownership and land ownership. And using the blockchain to like actually validate, you know, what property is yours, for example. And that's like a, a unfortunately, like a big problem in Nigeria. Uh, a lot of people like selling land, for example, that they don't own. Um, and then all the problems that ensue from that. Um, and then there was another one um, that was just looking at, you know, um, creating all these crypto assets for everyone to use and just using the blockchain to make sure that, you know, people can get rewarded for the things that they're producing, like digital assets and stuff like that. And there's also another community, there's two specific communities that we made connections to. So we, we spoke with an individual by the name of Clement Hugbo, who is uh, an entrepreneur and he's running an agency um, that is very similar to Spark and Mint, it's called Crevital. But he's been in this space a little bit longer than us, actually. And what was cool about talking to Clement was he had started this community that right now is just a Discord community called DesignerDAO, which we're going to talk a lot more about because I think we're going to get more involved in that community uh, and and support it. But really, it's this just community of designers who really care about Web3 and turning it into something positive. But a community of 2,500 already, that's, that's not small, right? Just in Nigeria alone. Uh, I'm not sure how specific that 2,500 is or if it's more international or not, but there's definitely interest, attention, energy. It's all sort of bubbling in Nigeria. And yeah, I think it's a community that for myself personally, and uh, I think for Sparkman too, like we're going to want to just continue to, to really connect with because I think there's a lot of really great creatives and thinkers there. I think it's 
pretty interesting to hear the perspective of the designers there, um, especially considering what we've read is that they're quite crypto forward. Mm-hmm. And the designers that we spoke to still feel that the general sentiments around Web3 is very investment only focused. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that we've discovered as we've you know started to build this Web3 agency ourselves is that you know, there are so many different ways that traditional businesses can incorporate a Web3 model. And it's actually not the perspective of like, here's how you make money online selling crypto, all the stuff that people hate, right? right? Um, So that I find quite interesting where it's like, you know, apparently so forward in a lot of the things that they're trying to implement. And yet the community still seems to have this kind of one track perspective on the benefits. Yeah. So I don't know. I found that quite actually interesting. I think it's because Nigeria's got a very, very strong technology and design community around um, fintech and DeFi. So that's, I think, one of the reasons why they were very sort of crypto forward is because like they had a lot of people who understood those industries and felt comfortable j- jumping in. But then consequently, you also have a lot of people who, you know, when they think about Web3 or they think about blockchain, they still think about it through the lens of like fintech and DeFi. Right. So I think that's probably why a lot of people were still not super excited to jump on board. Because there's also like a lot of perceived instability around it as well. Um, Yep. So I think that that makes sense. Just for all of our listeners watching, for those of you who don't know or listening, sorry, um, DeFi is decentralized finance. So Mm -hmm. as we know, fintech is financial tech. The Web3 version of that is decentralized finance. So just throwing out because that's a buzzword and uh, I didn't know what that meant until I started getting into the Web3 world either. So Web3 is like so full of buzzwords. And and I think it feels like everything Web3 itself is a buzzword because like anytime, I don't know about you, but like, you know, certainly in my community or like, you know, I coach my son's baseball team and, you know, pick up my kids from school. And anytime anyone asks me what I do, and I say Web3, you just sort of see their like their eyes glaze over and they're like, what is this strange man talking about? You know, uh, I still feel like most people don't even know what Web3 is. Oh, 100%. Like if I, I, I certainly wouldn't tell my parents that I work in Web3. They'd be like, uh, huh? yeah, forget it. They still don't even know like what design is. So they're like, how many blockchains? Yeah. And you're like, what? no. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's, um, Trying to describe what Web3 actually is, a lot of people don't know either. So the buzzwords are going to keep coming, but yep. we're going to do our best to bring them up and give a little bit of a definition so you guys don't have to go Googling away. But Yeah, and we haven't spent like one thing on this podcast, like I know it's new, but like we haven't talked too much about like the metaverse and like all these other, you know, places and spaces that touch on web3 in the sort of gaming and even nfts we haven't got so deep into yet but like i think that like over time i think for our listeners out there like i think you'll start to see that like the way that we look at web3 and or at least the way that i do and i think like we're figuring this out together is it really is about emerging technology in general and how emerging technology impacts lots of different sectors so like you know Yes, we're interested in Nigeria, but we're also interested in like how Web3 impacts Nigeria in terms of like health and, you know, uh, fundraising and ownership and identity. And these are all things that are going to like as we go around the world to these different regions, those themes are going to keep coming up again and again. 
So you could have, like, we could have looked at things. We talked about this a little bit the other day, Tage, where like we could have taken this podcast route where we're looking at things from a topic perspective, but everything's so geographical when it comes to crypto because of the regulation and because of, you know, everyone's different perspective and readiness, I guess you could say, to try things in this space. So it kind of makes sense to kind of globetrot a little bit and do it that way. But still, we're going to, there's going to be like, you know, the different themes that are going to come up again and again. And uh, it really is just about how technology impacts, um, you know, different cultures and communities. And yeah, like you're saying, so many and different industries. industries. Yeah. And I think um, through the research that we're going to do, it's going to be a way for other people to acclimate to this topic of Web3 and not just think of it purely as, you know, a financial aspect you know how can blockchain benefit you in, in all these other different ways um, and then that's going to make us probably a lot more comfortable when it comes time to start adopting some of them because we're going to understand the benefits and uh, you know there's a lot of realities that web 2 isn't really solving everything for us right now um, so those are kind of the main things I'm ta I'm passionate about well I mean on that note I think when we talk about currency, we talk about benefits, and we talk about geographical like regions and how they're doing it differently. Like the e-Nera to me is a huge deal. Like the fact that like so the Nera is the, the native currency of Nigeria. Okay, so the e-Nera is this digital currency, and it's a uh, a blockchain based. It's a cryptocurrency, right? And so when you look at the benefits of it, I'm on the the enera.gov website here. I'll just slack you over the. Uh, the link. There you go. But the benefits are, these are really, these are really, really important social issues. And these are the kinds of things that I think that once people actually sink their teeth into it conceptually, like forget Web3, just think about the impact of, of the results, the end result, right? Um, what does it actually do? Like why have a digital currency versus not having one, right? Uh, so for remittance, uh, it's, it provides a secure and cheaper diaspora remittance option that increases the speed of those transactions. Um, on the welfare side, it enables effective, equitable, and faster distribution of cash assistance to households and communities. Um, oh my God, so speed, that is right? epic as, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, just the speed that crypto moves, right? Like it's just, it's, it's digital. And so, you know, if it takes less time for people to get social, social welfare checks, uh, or to be able to complete the remittances, that's good for everyone, right? Talks about financial inclusion, making financial services available to people or communities who do not have enough banking opportunity. Like that is probably the biggest opportunity um, in crypto. And breaking uh, down those those barriers yep. to finance, because we know that there are so many discriminatory, um, you know, things that have in and are taking place in terms of barriers to people having access to things like loans and yeah. finances. And I think that is amazing. Um, as I've talked about before, I think this is a huge opportunity for, you know, the financial sector, but to how that impacts us on a social level. Yeah. Like even just think, you know, let's say you have to apply for employment insurance. Right. You know, you lose your job and you need compensation. Yeah. If you could apply and get funding immediately. Yeah. Oh, it's in your wallet. Check your wallet. Do you know how many people have to go to their family members to to ask for money to float them between this social assistance barrier? They might have to even try and go to a bank to try and get an intermediate loan, but they can't because they don't have a job while they're waiting for EI. Then they go to a B lender and pay so much interest. Like, 
how much stability the economy would have with this option is mind-blowing to me. Yeah, it's it's huge. It's huge. And I think that's the thing that gets me really excited about um, you know, blockchain products in general is just it's really all it is about being a little bit smarter and a little bit more efficient. Right. And it is about like you've heard the term, like when people do talk about blockchain businesses and opportunities, they do talk a lot about any industry where there's a middleman. And we've talked about this already. I I think we talked about um, you know, the music industry last time where we talked about how, you know, with like one of the Yeah, we did because we were talking about free artists and we were talking about how there's the middleman of like the record label. Right. And how, you know, you have opportunities for artists to retain more of their value and then for people who are contributing. So it's it's just that idea of like, you know, if there are like in design in general, like this is just a design principle and any designer out there. And I know you're, you're, you're listening to us because if, if you're a designer, hopefully you're listening to us, right? So you know that like you're called in to solve problems and most of the problems that you're solving, especially for service designers, is all about like, okay, doing a journey map doing the personas, understanding people, like the empathetic journeys that people are taking. And then you're like, okay, here's the six places where things get stuck unnecessarily and then trying to be more efficient. Mm -hmm. So good user experience is often around just avoiding all the unnecessary, um, you know, sort of places where things can, people can get lost or twisted or confused. And so, uh, yeah, I just, I look at this, like this relationship between Blockchain and crypto and design, like they're sort of best friends. Like they're all about being a little bit more efficient, a little bit smarter, more transparent, which is like, oh my God, like the, like every, you know, every good design culture is all about transparency. Like there's a lot of, lot imagine, of similarities, right? Imagine a world, ladies and gentlemen, where- Imagine a world. You could see, you know, you know, the government releases a new budget. Mm-hmm. You can check because it's on the blockchain. Every single transaction, keeping people accountable to their promises. That transparency is what we have been waiting for, really, right? Um, Think about corrupt countries. How much misappropriation of funds are we now realizing are taking place after they've happened, right? When things are coming to light. Like that level of transparency and Mm -hmm. keeping people accountable to their word, I think is very important. It's very powerful. It is. And then with DAOs and governance, right, you can actually have people voting on like, how can we do it differently next time, right? And voting and crypto is another, like that's going to be a topic that I'm sure we're going to cover at some point as we go, Todd, right? Yeah, that, that, that is extremely cool to me. And I think as designers, for those designers who are listening, that is our responsibility to help people onboard to this new world through the applications that we create, like you were saying, making them palpable for people, reducing the amount of steps, reducing confusion. If you're out there and you are designing an app in Web3, the web, the UX challenge is so great, but we need to make sure that that's where we're spending most of our time yeah, um, because it's going to help everyone and it's going to help us too because we're out here trying to understand, right? Like we're trying to build these products for companies and um, it's it's going to help us and it's going to help everybody else so they can learn through our mistakes in trying to understand. Um, so if that's not already your mission, should be right at the top of the list. So as we call that a wrap on Nigeria, where are we going next month? Well, next month, uh, we're actually going to physically go somewhere. 
Are um, we? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of. Uh, of traveling i am excited we're gonna okay, keep we're more. gonna keep trying to get closer and closer to on the ground reporting and, and activity and uh for this uh we're gonna go to new york oh my god i love new york so much new york new york uh i hate the yankees i'm a hardcore blue jay fan uh, but i'll be i'll be sporting the blue hat uh and uh heading into uh, enemy territory and there's a lot of, uh, a ton of Web3 activity happening in New York, obviously. Yeah. Uh, New York's a hub for just about everything. And I'm really excited. Um, we're going to, yeah, I think I think we're ready. I think we're ready for uh, for, for the prime time. Well, you don't have city. to ask me twice. The I, Big Apple. The Big Apple. I love New York. Um, I've been more than a few times. And uh, anytime anyone says anything about it, my ears perk up. So if we can do a Web3 deep dive in New York, you know, sign me up. We'll just eat our way through New York and then like stumble through some Web3 topics yeah. as we're shoving our face with like bagels and lots of meat. different kinds of bread. <laughs> that and was pretzels. actually a joke from the last time Jason and I went to New York. <laughs> we went for such a short period of time and I think Jason was there less time than I was. It was like a couple days in and out and all he did was eat bread. Like various kinds of bread, like pretzels, bagels, um, pizza. And then he was just like, can we please, God, not have any more bread? And then he got to the airport. And I think the terminal that his flight was in only had like bread items for food as well. I like, remember that. Because it it's was. a good memory. Okay. I just remember how much bread we ate on that trip. But um, I'm excited to eat other things other than bread as well. Um, although the bread there is very, very good. <laughs> Yeah, and we have some we have some uh, some some people and connections and friends that we've been uh, starting to connect with uh, along the way since we started Spark that are based in New York. So um, there's a few different locations that I'm hoping that we can hit and people to talk to, and yeah, it should be really really interesting. That's great. It'll be great to interview some people that you can get some other outside perspectives other than ours, and just kind of sprinkle in some of those interesting bits. So um, I don't know. I'm thrilled. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. And I know like we have talked, we haven't gotten too deep into the regulatory side of things. But I think when we go to New York, we're, we're going to be unavoidably opening that kind of worms and talking a little bit about like SEC regulations and, you know, you know what's being considered um, as uh, as a, um, why was my mind blanking? Sorry. Uh, is it, no, uh, commodity? No, not a commodity. Come on. I don't know, Jason. I, I mean, I'm working on my telepathy, but it's just not quite. It's not quite there yet. Now I have something. I'm just falling. <laughs> this apart. is just. It's all going down from this moment, folks. Oh my god! I'm falling do apart. you need? Do you need a, an adult? <laughs> <laughs> do I need to call someone for you? <laughs> Is that like a thing? Is that like a a thing that people say now? Do you need an adult? Do you need an adult? I've always, I always need an adult. Is that your catchphrase? Do you need an adult? (laughs) My favorite is, do we need to call someone for you? (laughs) (laughs) Are you going to make it? Um, We're all going to make it. We're all going to make it. Whack me. I'm going to make the executive call that you are not going to make it. You need someone. We're going to call. We're going to call someone. <laughs> All I wanted to say before I started to fall apart was that uh, when we go to New York, um, we're definitely going to be talking about some regulatory stuff and uh, probably the way the SEC is looking at things and uh, 
yeah, I think, uh, you know, we can't avoid the topic of like what's considered a security or not. And so, yeah, that's probably going to be a topic that we cover when we go to New York. Great. So I'm excited. Let me know when the flight's booked. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Episode two, we're thrilled to have you with us and we can't wait to hear you or we can't wait for you to hear us again. See, I'm falling apart now too. Do you need an adult? I do. I always have and I always will. Thanks so much, guys. DDT out. This podcast is a production of Spark and Mint. Spark and Mint is a creative capital, Web3 research, design, and marketing studio. We invest and partner with ambitious ventures who are building the products and projects that are disrupting and advancing industries. To learn more, check out our website at sparkandmint.com. We will link to our decentralized design thinking report on Nigeria that we discussed in this episode in our show notes, or head directly to sparkandmint.com. Links to Web3 News from our month in Web3 is linked in the show notes as well. The hosts of this podcast are myself, Jason Goodman, co-founder of Spark and Mint, and our design director, Teja Bean. Alex Kowalczyk is our head of marketing. Avery Moore-Kloss is our podcast producer. A big thank you to Cecilia Hubinet and Rahul Dihia for their help with the DDT report on Nigeria and this episode. We would also like to thank some of our new friends from Nigeria that we met that helped make this podcast so special. Thank you to Claire Igwe from House Africa, Samuel Mecha from Zen Finance, and Chokwuka Zoki from Entitled Design Conference for helping us make connections to the design community, specifically Clement Hugbo from Block Assets. To get in touch with us, send a contact form through our website at sparkandmint.com. I'm Jason Goodman, and thanks for listening. That's stupid. No, you're supposed to say, thanks for listening. I'm Jason Goodman, and then I'll go, and I'm Tasha B. But they know that already. In case you don't. And we already said we it need like our We need like an ending catchphrase. Like, thanks for listening, and remember. I need, I need an adult. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs>